Hey, good evening, everyone. Before I introduce Rukhan Shlita, um, a couple of thank yous are in order. Number one, thank you to all of you for coming out tonight. I know that there are a number of school events going on tonight and other events going on. I myself actually have to run to a, a local school event um, pretty soon, but I didn't want to miss the opportunity to introduce the uh, Rosh Hashiva Shlita. So I thank you all for coming. Um, I want to thank our adult ed committee for putting together um, this opportunity to hear words of Torah from Rukhan. Um, as always, I want to thank Jules and Stacey Garden for sponsoring the Garden Normals and Publishing Inspiration. This has been a rather inspiring month um, over the course of Elul and now into Tishrei as well. And most importantly, I want to thank Rukhan Shlita for, for joining us tonight. I had the privilege of speaking with Rabbi Taubis earlier today. Rabbi Taubis is joining us. I'd like to acknowledge his presence here tonight. Um, and we were both reflecting on the, the pleasant opportunity to hear words of Torah from Rukhan. If I could just contextualize for everybody for a moment, those of you who are who have been with us in B'nai Yishirin over the last several weeks, um, we, if you just contextualize, over the last two weeks, we had the opportunity in this shul first to hear words of Torah from Reversal Shepherd and Romero Torsky, who were here for a Torah web event two weeks ago. This past Matsai Shabbos, we had, not this past Matsai Shabbos, a week ago Matsai Shabbos, we had the opportunity to hear words of Torah from Michal Rosenzweig, Shlita, and now we have the opportunity to hear words from Ravon Khan, Shlita. Um, and sometimes we lose sight of the fact that we, we lose sensitivity or appreciation for the fact that we have real Kedoli Yisrael walking through our building, teaching Torah in our building. We sometimes just get used to it or take it for granted. But it's important for us to, to take a step back and just appreciate how important it is for us to have these Gedolei Yisrael in our community at large, and particularly what a privilege it is to hear words of Torah from them. One of the, uh, the most central psukim in any discussion of tshuva is a, a pasuk that appears in Parshas the seven. We recently read it. Moshe Rabbeinu tells Kal Yisrael, one of the most inspiring passages in the entire Torah, that the mitzvah azos, this mitzvah is not distant from you. He goes on to give metaphor. Don't think that it's, that it's across the ocean or it's in the heavens. It's rather close to you. But So he concludes a few psukim later in Pasuk Yitalad. It's in your hearts, in your mouths. You're capable. You, you can perform this mitzvah. The Rishon of the Bank, what exactly the mitzvah is? The Ramban makes a case that mitzvah hazos refers to teshuva. He bases that on the context of the pasuk. The previous pasuk refers to kis ashuva Hashem alakapa, refers to returning to Hashem. But the Ramban, this is the uh, the source text for the mitzvah de oraisa of teshuva. But others suggest it doesn't refer to teshuva narrowly, but it refers to the entirety of Torah and particularly limud haTorah. Don't think that learning Torah is so distant from you that you can't accomplish, that you can't conquer. Know that Torah is is inscribed in the heart of every Jew and that you indeed can, you can achieve. Um, Rabbi Tabba suggested, um, I think beautifully, that perhaps the machlokas is, is demonstrative of the fact that true tshuva can only be done in tandem with limon If you want to do tshuva, you can't just uh, flounder and try to do tshuva without guidance from the Torah HaKadoshah, like every other component and area of our lives. The guidance must come from limon The mission at the very beginning of Seth Yoma says that on the night of Yom Kippur, before the Kohen Gadol would engage in the Avodah the next day, on the night of Yom Kippur, the Kohen Gadol would stay up all night teaching Torah. That's what he would do. Of course, uh, if you just read the Mishnah at face value on a very surface level, you get the impression that he was only doing so to kill time. He wasn't sleeping, so, so he had to, uh, to pass the time over the course of the evening, so he would engage in teaching Torah. But I think on a deeper level, what the Mishnah reflects and what the Mishnah teaches us is that if you want to have a full Yom Kippur experience, if you want to have a full experience of tshuva, it needs to be prefaced by Limonat Torah. And the Mishnah tells us that not every Kohen Gadol was able to do it. Sometimes they'd have to put somebody else 
up to give the shear on the night of Yom Kippur. But in the pristine ideal form, if you had a Kohen Gadol who was a true descendant of Aaron Akoin, not just in terms of genes and ancestry, but in terms of heritage and legacy as well, the uh, the Kohen Gadol would be the one to, to lead the charge in terms of teaching Torah, and then would be the process of Tshuva as well. Baruch Hashem, we are Zochet, our own Aaron Akoin in the form of Aaron Khan Shlita. Khan, for many years, was one of the senior Rosh Yeshiva in Yeshiva Sreenitzel um, he impacted the Talmidim not just through his Torah, his immense Torah knowledge, but his deep care for his Talmidim and the way he inspired the Talmidim as well. If you ask Rabbi Zatz, who got to uh, Rabbi Yitzchak a little earlier than I did, we'll talk about how inspiring the Muslim Shemuzim from Rukhan were and how much they were transformative to really all the Talmidim in the base Medrash, not just those who were narrowly Talmidim of Rukhan in his year. He set a tone, he set a personal example that was really um, leadership in, in the finest Torah leadership in the finest form. That was not just Limit Torah, but Limit Torah that inspired Tshuva, that inspired us to come closer to the Rebonish Shalom as well. And accordingly, again, it's a great, great spus to hear words of Torah and to hear words of his Oruz from Moreno Harav Aram Khan. I'd first like to mention that I would like to devote, dedicate this shir to the Fuhr Shlema for one of my very special chaveirin, vididin, and colleagues, and very known to many of you, who's now in Kessler, of Yitzchakon. So thank you, and hopefully it'll come out soon, but uh, I wanted that it should be with the Fuhr Shlema for You know, it would probably be better, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that the, the essence of the Ne'ira, the Tfilas Yochit, might be in the art scrolls sitter. So it would probably be worthwhile passing it around. If it is, if you take a look in the back, if the art scroll has it, or any of the sitters that you have, if they have the Tfilas Ne'ira, it's in a Daimash Thank uh-huh. 
So everyone knows what an ila is. It's that extra tefillah at the end of your kid. I would venture to say that using the expression of the Malmbrachas, that Lamed has a gilu berada, that that's a very appropriate phrase for the ila. There's a moment of tremendous passion, great excitement, the feeling that we're almost there, that we arrived, that we made it, that we did it. And there's also a certain measure of anxiety, of course. It is the holiest moment of the day. It is the time of the closing of the gates. It is the time of the kates mechila I would suggest also, without getting too philosophical or emotional about it, that there's a certain amount of anxiety because we know that perhaps we may not easily live up to the expectations that we have created for ourselves. I'm not speaking about the people who run out of shul and just either don't have my or have a quick my I'm talking about serious people. The serious people who have contemplated throughout Yom Kippur what it is that, what does Hashem want from you? And the answer seems to come much more easily on Yom Kippur itself than the day after. You get busy with the maelstroms of life and the, the confusions and the obligations and responsibilities of the day to day, and including the building of the sukkah for that matter, the buying of the lulav and esrit, but there's a certain hectic aspect to our lives. Modern lives, to begin with, are extraordinarily hectic. The peculiar paradox of modernity is that we have all the conveniences that our ancestors never even dreamed of and we are busier and, and more preoccupied than anyone and ever. But that's what happens. So Ne'ila has this tension in it of being on the one hand this extraordinary moment and on the other hand it's filled with a certain anxiety. But what is Ne'ila? What is it all about? So we know Ne'ilah is the closing of the gates. Which gates doesn't really matter that much. Ne'ilah's Shari Shamayim, Ne'ilah's Shari Ahichol. What matters is to understand Ne'ilah in its context of the Tfilis of Yom Kippur and in its uniqueness. To see what it really is all about. So we begin with something that the Rav, really, created a, a revolution in our thinking about Ne'ila. In the Rav's Matzo, you have it a little bit. He spoke about it in Yiddish, of course, in one of the Tshuva in 1979. I was privileged, Baruch Hashem, to be there. And the Rav spoke about Ne'ila, and he gave a panorama where he established a Yesod which is critical to our understanding of Yom Kippur itself. Yom Kippur, he said, is a day of tefillah. It is essentially a day of tefillah. It's part of the essence of the day. That tefillah comes together with vidui. Every single tefillah has a vidui. 
And the Gemara emphasizes this. This Vidui is the same exactly, even in the Mincha before Yom Kippur, but in the Mincha before Yom Kippur and in Arvis and in Shachris and in Musaf and in the Mincha on Yom Kippur. It is radically different in the Mincha. Why? What is the change, first of all? And that's why I wanted you to have specifically to have this Sidurim. And what is responsible for that difference is really the essence of what I want to speak about. Let's go back for a moment to what the Rav said. The Rav started that right at the beginning of the Avoida of Yom Kippur, not the Avoida's Kaingodl, but the Avoida of every single one of us, starting in Mayrid after Kol Nidre, there's a very famous piyot, which is brought down by all the Rishonim. It's a very ancient piyot. It's a very beautiful period. has one of the great advantages that the words are very simple and it's easy to understand. We can follow it. We don't need the commentaries on the side and on the bottom. Is a tefillah that parallels or borrows from Yala but listen to what the Piyot is saying. Our Tachanunim should rise up Me'erev at night, the night of Yom Kippur. That's where he's standing. That's where we are at when we say this Piyot. And our cries to HaKadosh Baruch should come in the morning. And Arina shall be visible to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, shall appear to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's interesting that sound appears, it's almost like... Not just the individual tefillah. Our davening the kitzur mayriv on the night of Yom Kippur or shachris in the morning of Yom Kippur is not your regular shachris. And not merely because the text is different. It's a Yom Kippur text, of course, and it has vidu in it, of course. But it's also because it creates the fabric of Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur becomes a day of tefillah. It's not just that we daven on Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur becomes, as it were, a cheftza of tefillah itself. And part of the kapur of Yom Kippur requires tefillah. You see that we to, to supplicate, to, to beg Hakadosh Baruch Hu, to entreat Hakadosh Baruch Hu, maybe even demand or expect from Hakadosh Baruch Hu, is the order of the day, and that's what Yom Kippur really is. So what about Meilah? So the Rav said something very, very fundamental. He said that Meilah. And by the way, the Shittaso, at least, he said that it has some very fascinating consequences. Which, you know, you, you could hear the echo of the Oilam, that, you know, they, they weren't sure how they should respond. You know, do we agree? Do we not agree? 
What is that consequence? I'll tell you in a moment. But the Rav said that in the Ila is the Ma'asef L'chol HaMachamas. He didn't use that phrase. I'm using it. But it's the Ma'asef L'chol HaMachamas of all the tefillahs. It is a tefillah which is required beyond tefillah. It's a tefillah which cannot be said if you don't say all the other tefillahs. And this is where the Oyelam got excited. Because he said that his opinion is that if someone missed Mincha Lamashal, he cannot dive in the Ila. So Pella Hudson. I had a much more tame consequence of what he said, that there may not be Tashlumen for the Ila. Because the Ila is, is, is Yom Kippur. There's no such thing as the Ila outside of Yom Kippur. I mean, there was Ne'ilah by Tanias also. We don't have that today. But Ne'ilah is creating that chefza which amalgamates. It's the glue that pulls everything together. And maybe that's why the vidui of Yom Kippur is actually different. So when the Gemara says that Pezayin on the base, Toner Mitzvah's vidui, Erev Yom HaKippurim Im we know that we do it before. Shema titarif daite besuda, so we have the mincha before asuda. Ba'afu pishi isvada kodem shachu b'shosa, misvada la'afu shiyachu b'yishta, shema yirv ba'kal kolo besuda. Ba'afu pishi isvada shachris, isvada shachris, ba'afu, excuse me, isvada arvitz, isvada shachris, shachris isvada musaf, b'musaf isvada b'mincha, b'mincha isvada b'mincha. The way the rub is learning, it's not just the vidui. And just that you have to keep saying the vidui over and over again, as it were. The vidui outside of the context of tefillah doesn't even exist on Yom Kippur. And that's what makes vidui, by the way, extraordinarily different than the rest of the year. I wanted to suggest something because we'll need it for later anyhow. First of all, I think if anyone thinks that he can postpone Shuva for Yom Kippur, it would be a terrible mistake. A mistake not just because existentially it's a mistake, and it violates the whole concept of what Shuva is. Shuva is an immediate reaction to Chet. Shuva has to be done right away. But besides that, there's not enough time. Vidui requires Pirut HaChet. You have to say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I did this and this. You can't say Vasisikachakach. I mean, maybe you could if you have one or two little Avayus that they did, and it's very easy. You have it written down. I did this and I did that. You know, uh, I, I missed uh, Carbonus one day. I didn't have time to say Carbonus. That's one Avayus. And then, you know, maybe another Avayus. Once in a while, I forgot to make a Rachachachachachach because I got preoccupied. Okay. So that person can certainly manage on Yom Kippur as well. I used to, I had a Zayda who used to say to me, my Rebetzin Zayda, I'm pure Litvak from way, way back. We come from Vilna, and you can't get more than that. But uh, my wife, she's a mixture. So uh, she, my Rebetzin, so, so she uh, had a Zayda, the host of Kamashina Rebbe. And he used to say, and I trusted him that he was, that he was right. He used to say, the reason I say this, al because it's in the Mazar. doesn't have anything to do with me. I think at the time, just to show up, I said, me too. 
But then when I started thinking about it, I realized that I think that every single one of them is my gay afternoon. You're not supposed to say things like that in public. But the, the truth of the matter is we don't have enough time. They're so busy dabbling and they're so busy preoccupied with young kids that it's really hard to say that that is a day to do the proper tshuva, the tshuva which tears you apart and puts you back together again. The, the tshuva of charot l'sha'ovar and azivas hachet, charot l'sha'ovar, kabalu l'abba. You look at Rabbi Yitzchak Blaz's description of charot l'sha'ovar, you, you need a month to do that for, for one avid. So it's not the time. And I'll tell you another thing that's very fascinating. Take a look at the alchets for a moment, now that we have it in front of us. I don't know if you ever noticed this. The only time that we actually say we sin and we did this and this, we sin and we did this and this, is in the Oshanu. That's what Oshanu is. We did Oshanu, Bagadu, Gazalu, Ribadu, Gazalu means we stole. Al Khait never said that we stole, not directly. Because al what is the verb for al khayt? Al khayt means concerning the khayt that. Al khayt shechatonu fanecha b'yetzahara, b'yodem v'boyodem. Al khayt shechatonu fanecha b'lotsom, al khayt shechatonu fanecha b'lotsonara. What about that khayt? Al khayt, concerning the khayt what? Where is the verb? The answer is, balkula melokas lichos, what? Slachlonu, mechalonu, kaperonu. You never say in the Alchaits, I sinned, and thereby please give me forgiveness. The I sinned is left out. We go right away to the Bakoshas Kapala. We immediately ask Shalom, concerning this Avera, please forgive me. It's very different than saying, Shalom, I did this Avera. There's no confrontation with oneself. You're not looking at yourself in the mirror in Alchaits. And Ashamdu is very, very short. And very, very general. It's very, very unspecific. When you think about it, if you add those two points together, the fact that Hashem, where I do say, I did this, it's very generic. You know what the Chayyodim and many other Sforim did as a consequence. They just make lists of their own. And there are booklets now that you can, you know, you can purchase at Eichos, which you have entire lists of Averis, and you just check off the ones that are relevant to you. We hope, we hope that we don't run out of ink. And, 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 and then we say them. And it's, it's, I guess that's possible. But even that's not it. It's not it. I want to read you something from the Me'iri, from the Chibur HaTshuva. It's a very, very fascinating thing. Because they were busy with this problem a long time ago. He writes, I'll read it or translate it in a moment. There 
Ashamnu Bagadlu was shrunk, and there are other Nuschois that shrink the Ashamnu. They had four words, Chatonu, Ashamnu, Ha'evinu, Vihoshanu. Then they said, Sanu and then he writes, Avochadoshim Mikorod Bo, Sanayazah, it doesn't sound like he's overly excited with the idea. Chadoshim Mikorod Bo is never a positive statement. You know, Portu Boy Prote Chatoim Rabim Alderach Alphabes. He's talking about the whole Ashamdu and maybe the Alchait as well. Beskimu Avamizvade Shiyifrod Kola Averish Avoisa Yusach Afim Loy Asan. So really, he's talking about what we do on Yom Kippur. We list all kinds of Averis. We were makakal that, and we list all kinds of Averis, even if we did not necessarily do them. Unless you enlarge the rubric of Gilu Arayas to include lots of things that are Abizrayu or Me'ain or whatever, most of us are not over on things like that. So why do we mention it? The Territ says, because it's a generic, it's Arvus, it's for Claudius. But the point that I'm making is the first words that he said, that the Pirut Achet is private. It's for the person who does the Chet, and it's right away. There's no such thing as saying, I'll do Tshuva later. That concept of Claudius doesn't exist. Baharaya, the Tshuva Yomechot was named Yisoscha. Chiyodom Yedea Mosai Yomos. So what's the answer? So for that alone. So he writes, specific He has to spell it out. Otherwise, you have to erase the entire first two kapitlach of the Rambam Sechus Tshuva. It comes out that Yom Kippur is not a day of tshuva in that way. It's not. The ikar of Yom Kippur is bakoshes kapara. All the alchets, alkulam slachlon umechalon. Yom Kippur is mechaper. There's a whole list what Yom Kippur is mechaper on by itself, and what Yom Kippur needs other things as well, like Yisurim and so on. Yom Kippur as a mechaper needs the declaration of that we want to be mechaber on our averis. So we have to, in some way or another, mention that. But that's not our tshuva. And that's, I believe, the whole secret of Chodesh Elul, by the way. Elul is the time for tshuva, if a person hasn't done tshuva right away. And that's what the Bali Musa makes such an emphasis on Elul and Chodesh Elul. When they heard that first blow of the shoifa, or the first slichus that the Sardin make, which they say slichas the whole chaydesh It was a I mean, it was simply an unbelievable trembling. Wow! Let me think. Let me let me give my life pause for a moment and let me think a little bit. Where am I? What am I all about? But not on your kippur. On your kippur is not the time for period averus. We don't have the time, and it's not the essence of Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is no more a day of tshuva than the day before Yom Kippur and the day before that. It's, this man of Yom Kippur is devoted and relegated in the same way that the Kohen Gadol. You think the Kohen Gadol is a mafarit chatoy? Chatasi, chatano, chatasi, avisi, chatano, avinu, parshano, mafanacha, 
אומר השם קפלו על האבוינס, החתויים, הפשויים, החתויים, שחתונו מביאים את השם. All of the chatun, all of the avonos, all of the pshat, regardless of what they were, he's not referring to chay. Even when he speaks about a new base, he's not referring to chay. No one would be permitted to. There are many avonos that actually sweet pshat the sweet chatun. You're not supposed to admit in public. And in any case, he's acting as the shaliach for cloud Yisrael. You cannot have a pirut achet. So the whole idea of yom kippur shifts from a moment of genuine tshuva, which is heart wrenching. Maybe sometimes even heartbreaking. Where was I? Where did I go wrong? How did I mess up? And how did I ruin everything around me? Those are fighting words. You can't do that on Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, therefore, is a day of hakoshas And that's a very, very critical thing. Now we have the vidui on Yom Kippur. What is the vidui on Yom Kippur different? So the first thing that you'll notice is there's no al-chet. That seems to be universally accepted. There's no al-chet. And being that I've emphasized so much that al-chet is the full measure of al-chet is bakrashas kapara, more than the, the owning up to Averis. Al-kulam elokaslicha is what? Slachlonu mechalonu kapelonu. And apparently that's not necessary in the ego. That tefillah and vidui, if there is a vidui, we'll see in a moment, it has to be a vidui. You know how do we know there has to be a vidui? Because the Gemara says, <laughs> there's no vidui. So we're looking for the vidui. Well, we don't have to look very far in our because the vidui of Hashamnu is still there. Is that correct? Yes, we found it. Ashamlu is still there. No, so there's your vidui. For those who don't have Ashamlu, whose nusach was not Ashamlu, they don't have al Nobody has al nor do they have Ashamlu. So who are those people? So the Marshal, the Rambam, has a nusach avidui in his Seder Hatfiwa. So we know that the Rambam's Nusach was. But Ne'ilah Mizvadeh uses the word Bidui, Mizvadeh Kaseder Hazeh. Ma'noim alufanecha yoyishud moron ke'avam v'seinu rabbim yinin nois ma'onu mechayehu mechasedu v'atzikhenu ma'maseinu. Ma'noim alufanecha Hashem alaykeinu alokala gerboyudim ka'ayin lufanecha. These are all very familiar words to you. Ma'nshe Hashem kalor hoyu v'chachonim kibli madu nuvoyim kibli askel. Yikol ma'aseinu toyu v'mechayehu hevo lufanecha. The Rambam does not have not al-chait, not al-shamnu, he doesn't even have ato noisin yadla He starts into manoi manufanecha, to Atta, Hivdalta, and Ishmerosh. The second Atta, there's Atta, Noisin Yod La Pershin, the Yinchab Shuka, the Kadal Shogin, the Hulay, and that's what we have in Armat Zayrin. And then we have Atta, Hivdalta, and Ishmerosh. And it's very clear both from the way it's presented and also from history and from the Sarim that these are two different statements which did not necessarily come together 
In the Rambam, he does not have the first part. He does not have Atonai Sinyad Lakosha. Say the Ravamram Goyen, he writes, he quotes all of the Viduyim that you have that are the same, starting with the Mincha Erev Yom Kippur. He did not have a Shamnu either. So here you have two giants, Rav Amram Goyim and the Sidur. And the Rambam and his Siddur, they have neither al nor Roshan. Very fascinating. Now, of course, there are those who have Ashanu without al and that's what we have. And there are those who have only Atulaysin as the Rambam, many. And the, the, what we have is a combination of Atulaysin and Obviously, if the Rambam calls it a Vidui, that means that he doesn't have to have any place where it says, Beferish, we sinned. Not we sinned Stamazai and not we sinned Bakrash's Kapara. So, what is the Vidui? What then is really the Vidui of Me'ilah? What's the Vidui of Me'ilah? There's one phrase that the Vidu of Ne'ila has, which, interestingly enough, because they are two separate Makairis, which were merged and amalgamated together, appears both in our Makhzairim, in the Atunay Sinyata Paishim, and in Atayibdalta and Rishmerosh. And that is the phrase, Laman Nechtal Me'oshek Yodem, that we should stop stealing. Now, Oishik in halacha has a very technical meaning. Oishik is when you withhold money that you owe. Meaning, in other words, you're not physically removing money. You're not taking money out of the cash register of somebody else's cash register. You're not stealing from his cent. You're not robbing him in a mugging. You're just holding back the money that is due to him. For example, person worked for you and he has to get paid and you say, no, that's called Oishik. That's the technical term. I don't know necessarily that it is that technical meaning that we are referring to because Aishik also appears in Tanakh many times as a much more generic term. But perhaps it does include withholding. I'd like to be masked that a little bit more. Maybe show you that really the Vidui of Ne'ila, as strange as it sounds, has zeroed in or descended upon one particular Aveira, and that is the Aveira of Gezel. But it's an Aveira of Gezel, of stealing, of thievery, of robbery, of taking away, that is much more profound than first meets the eye. So I'd like to explore that in the remainder of what I have to say. Let's just chazer over for a moment. I gave over the chazer Mashiach for 10 years. I guess I got used to this. But let's chazer over for a moment. First of all, the moment of Ne'ila is extraordinarily special. And that may have something to do with what we're about to say also. 
But it's obvious that it is a special moment because it's the end. It's the Kate's Mechibu Sicha. Chachomim all over say that your Kippur's Mechater the Seifa Shoyoyim. Other Rishonim use the expression Hakoil Halech Acha Hechosum. Everything goes according to how it ends up. And of course, the way we feel, we davened and davened and davened, and many of us have stood on our feet a whole Yom Kippur. We are exhausted, but we have a second wind, and we are related at the same time, and we're ready to close the gates. We're, we're ready to hold the gates open, and then we are ready to close the gates. The Rav, he put together a vision, a picture of the Tfilis of Yom Kippur, which puts Ne'ilu in a very special place, as what I call the Ma'asif Ha'chalamapolis. Ne'ilu binds everything together, and it has to be that it is an extra tefillah, which made the Rav feel that if it's not an extra tefillah, then you can't say it, which is very fascinating. But if you say it, it becomes your mincha, I guess, if you miss mincha. But the idea is that the uniqueness of Ne'ilah, including its the peculiar teshuva process, is, is meant to amalgamate everything else. So in the end, if you don't have the al-chait, we took a digression for a moment to explain that Yom Kippur is not the time to wait for to do tshuva. Every moment is good to do tshuva. Maybe on Yom Kippur we should do tshuva that Yom Kippur isn't what it should be. I mean, but whatever it is, uh, on Yom Kippur is not the time that I remember that on that, and that day, three months ago, I said something to my wife that I never should have said, and she cried. And I said to her, why do you always cry? I don't mean anything by it. It's just words. And in any case, I have a good track record. Why do I have to feel like I'm walking on eggs all the time? That's an Avera. The Rambam passes, by the way, in Perik Zayin Atukas Tshuva, which is very scary, that Midos, Gros, are Averas. They're not just bad Midos. Gaiva, Kas, Ritifas Hamomon Vahakovoy, Taivas Hamacholim. Here's a long list. So they're all Averas, for which you have to do Tshuva. And Tshuva means you have to stop, but you also have to do Tshuva. There's no time in Yom Kippur to do that. Yom Kippur is Bakosha's Kapol. And that's why the Meiri is able to bring from the Gainim that Pirut HaChet in general is really relegated to when you're doing Tshuva in the middle of the month of Iyar. <laughs> when you're doing Tshuva for the Avera that you did, when you're doing Tshuva on Yom Kippur, Pirut HaChet is not the law. And that's why he quotes the Gainim that they didn't say the entire Ashandu, they said four, four words. And so many others say the same thing amongst the Rishayim. So in that digression, we pointed out that the only place we actually say we sinned, the chlal, avol anachnu fatanu, that's avol, as the Rav used to say over and over again, means indeed, as the Targum says in the word avol hashenim anachnu, by the brothers of Yosef, the kushta, indeed, for truth, avol anachnu vavoseinu fatanu. And then hashanu vagadu vazanu vagadu vagadu. That's the only time that we say we sinned, in the chait, of al that we mentioned, it's because the verb is al ze anachnu mevakshin There's no chotosi. We said the chotosi, and we said it very quickly, very glibly. So that's the digression. The tshuva, real tshuva, genuine tshuva, the tshuva that's a catharsis, tshuva that changes you, the tshuva that makes you 
understand and appreciate, that's something that you can't do on Yom Kippur. There's just not enough time. And the proper place for it is right after the night. Tshuva aside, the Iker of Yom Kippur is Bakoshes Kapora. And that Bakoshes Kapora with the same Vidu every single field until until the Ewa. And for some reason, the Ewa, according to many Rishonim, does not even have a Shamlu. We do. No one has Alchit. Because Alchit is Bakoshes Kapora. And apparently, Bakoshes Kapora is no longer necessary. It's almost as if there's a guarantee of kapar. Yom Kippur's mechaper, some say the shame shodim, to fighting, they don't do it over and over again. But whatever it is, that bakwashis kapar has already achieved its goal. So even though it says, shachris misvada, mincha misvada, etc., and me'iwa misvada, it's not the same misvada. So what is that misvada? So that is rather, we have two paragraphs. The Rambam has only one. We have two. Atun lo yisenyot ha-poishin v'imin chapshuto v'kadol shodim and ato yibdalta enich mirash. In that, in the Russian over there, you'll notice an interesting thing. I don't know for sure, I cannot swear to it, but I don't think the word tshuva itself appears until Me'ila. Does that make sense? Is it possible? No, you'll have to do your homework. All of a sudden, listen to the words. Now, by the way, is a fascinating phrase which we could spend a lot of time on. What does it mean? You have translations there? No. Yeah. What does he say? You reach out a hand to local sinners. Yeah, what does that mean? Tell us, tell us drowning, drowning, and you, you, you reach out your hand to happen to pull them out of the water. So it's a very positive statement. What do many of the Mephoshim from way, way back, from the Kadmainim, the Gainim, and the Rishonim said, you allow them to sin. Very fascinating thing. And Yad could mean a makam, you provide for them a place to sin. Whatever it is, as the term of says, no one would ever sin if HaKadosh Baruch didn't allow it to happen. Because the whole chiyus of every moment in every person is because HaKadosh Baruch powers that chiyus. And when a, when a ganav goes to steal, the Rebbe Shalom says, Okay, still. He doesn't stop him. Have you ever see that the Rebbe Shalom stopped him? No. So why doesn't he stop him? In fact, he's nice in Yad. He's, he, he allows him. And Yad means a place. He gives them a space in which to sit. And the Sinas Yad, the Sinas Yad means you allow it. Some say that Noisin Yad is referring to the Yad Smoil, Smoil Doichov, Yimin Mekarevis. Again, Smoil Doichov, you push him away. But whatever it is, it's a complicated phrase. There are those, of course, who learn that Noisin Yad of Hashem is positive, even amongst the early Mepharshim. 
But the Iker is like this. This phrase is incomprehensible. You taught us to say vidu, to confess our sins. What should have been the logical follow-up? You taught us, Hashem Elokeinu, with Zvadis Lufanecha, I'll call Avon Yosenu Laman, Shaloi Nechta. I'll call Avon Yosenu. It's, you taught us, how do you read this? That we should cease from, from, from robbing. In order that we should cease from robbing, you taught us to do Vidui on all of our events. It's clips of this. There's a Bebel Chzambant, as they used to say in Yiddish. What's the channel? Take a look in Atta Yivdalta and the Shmeirush. Tell it. Atitamonu Hashem Elokeinu Biavra Esliyem Atipulim Azeh. Kates Umechila Uslicha Al Kol Avrenu Semi. Laman Nechdal Meyoshik Yodeni. You gave us Yoyim Atipulim Azeh. Which is that end, that final moment, that moment of mechila slicha and kapara, that critical moment. And why did you give us Yom Kippur? So we should stop stealing. <coughs> we say it every year. Now, if I want to, I can say that theft is such a terrible thing. And uh, the the marble, the door marble, a lot of things you can say about Gezel. Gezel is not a good thing. But So of course the Rav said, but the Rav said that the Oishik Yodenu says we have borrowed our faculties from HaKadosh Baruch How does he know that? Because the vidui of the Chai Yodah, which is not his own vidui, he didn't compose it, he sort of organized it, maybe added to it, fixed it up, but it's an ancient vidui. You know when we say that's called the Tefillah Zakha, they say that right before Kondidra. It's a private feeling. And the Tefillah Zakha says as follows, Rebbe Shalom, you gave me Eivarim. And I was meant to use these Eivarim in the proper way, and I messed up. And I used this aver and this aver, and he lists one after the other, my eyes and my ears and my mouth and my hands and my feet. And I messed up, because all the things that you gave me was on loan, and it was for a purpose. It's a very beautiful medrash in Megillah Rus. At the end of Megillah Rus in the al the medrash in Megillah Rus basically, I'll say, the kids are nimrats. The medrash tells us that there, was, there were people who were very, very poor, and Kodesh Boko wanted to reward them. So he sent a Leo and Avi with a, with, a, with a a question. You want everything now, or do you want it later? He says, I have to ask my wife. Smart man. I have to ask my wife, because wife says, take it now. So all of a sudden, the children were playing in the yard, and they find this treasure, and they're very wealthy all of a sudden. Before they were totally impoverished, they had nothing to eat. Now suddenly they have a lot of money. What did they do with the money? 
they just took what they needed for themselves and the rest they constantly took care of Aniyam and Yisayim and Almanis and gave They said that the deal was you can have it for one year and then you have to give it back. But the Anavi comes to take it back. He says, I have to ask my wife. I asked her when I when we took it, I have to ask her when we give it back. She said, go back and tell Lady Anavi if you find someone who can take better care of the money, you can have it. And they kept the money. This is the this is the chayyot. This fetish is the chayyot. All of our ivarim are on loan because Rokh created us for a purpose. If we fulfill the purpose, we have it for the next year. If we don't fulfill the purpose, then we have to ask ourselves, then how did we mess up? And that's gezel. Gezel is when you take a shaymer who's a pasheya is also a gazel. He's a gazel. I gave you something. You're giving me back garbage. You failed me. You never used it properly. I gave you Stradivarius. You're giving me back a toy. So $5 million Stradivarius. What did you do? That's when says the love. As really the whole picture changes. Now it means everything. But I would like to go a step further. There's a very famous Arachayim HaKadosh. The reason it's very famous to me is because I repeat it whenever I have a chance. But you may never have seen it. The Pasuk says in Kesef Talbe Esami, Esha'oni Imach. In Kesef Talbe Esami, Esha'oni Imach. You'll lend to the Ani. And you shouldn't be a usurer. That's the point of the Pasuk. But he wants to know, what does it mean, Esha'oni Imach? If the Ani isn't there, he's not lending it to him. So the Imach is unnecessary. So what does it mean, Esa'ani Ima? And he says something revolutionary. He says he understands why Aniyim don't have money, because they're punished. But why do Ashirim have so much money? He says, that's incomprehensible. Why do Ashirim have so much money? But there comes a point where you just don't, you can't use it. There's nothing you can do with it. How many jets can you buy? How many chateaus can you own? I mean, it's really, it's true. And then you spend your whole day worrying about the jets, and worrying about the, the, the chateaus and going from one place to another and your wife is schlepping 50 suitcases of luggage. And what do you have from life? Nothing. It's Mamshu Rachmanus on them. the truth of the matter is that the Oni's money, HaKadosh Baruch parks in your bank account. It's his money. So that he should come to get it and has suffered those bizarres. Imagine, for example, that somebody had $5,000 in the bank, in the local bank. He writes out a slip, he wants to withdraw $500. He gives it to the teller. And the teller says, I'm sorry, I can't give it to you. He says, but I have the money. She says, today's Tuesday, I don't feel like giving you the money. There's an usher, there's a knock on the door of the usher. And the usher has the money. It's not his money, says Zorachai. It's an incredible statement. As her oni, that which belongs to the oni is imach, is in your pocket. You're not giving him your money. You're giving him his money. It's a revolutionary statement. I mean, it's revolutionary. It's almost, almost, almost uh, communistic. It's revolutionary. <laughs> but this is what Zorachai said. Zorachai said it's his money. And that's why Kodesh Baruch gave so much to you, because otherwise it makes no sense. What are you going to do with it? And this theme is repeated by a number of svarim. 
But I'd like to go a step even further than that. There's a famous story about Rebbe Lozav and Dedaya. But this, I'd like to close, but I'd like to spend a few minutes on it. It's a very famous story of Rebbe Lozav and Dedaya in the Gemara Nabi Rebbe Lozav and Dedaya was a profligate person. He never did a good thing in his life. He was wasted his entire life away, chasing after Zionists. Chasing after, he was totally corrupt. The, I'll, I'm going to read you the Lashon of the Gemara. Amru Allah al-Rebbe Lozov and the Dai. You notice they call him Rebbe Lozov and the Dai. It's an amazing thing. Rebbe Lozov and the Dai. Shlohi niach zoyna achas ba'olam shaloi ba'olam. It's a very crude Gemara. It's very, very strikingly precise and very, very crude. Pam achas shoma deliberately so. Deliberately so. They really want to make their point. There's no mincing words here. There's no amelioration. It's just black on white. Pam achas shoma sheyesh zona achas ayam. Far, far away. All the locals he's finished with. So he has to constantly increase his appetite, increases his needs, increase. He's addicted. Sheyesh zona achas ayam kiss dinarim She takes a fortune. She commands a fortune. He's trying to emphasize that it took him a long time to get there and he had to, it was amazing. And he's so committed to have this hanah, this pleasure, that he'll do anything. And he's carrying the kishol dinarim in his pocket and he's besimcha atzuma. The next four words, bishas hergel, when they were in the midst of being together, bishas hergel dova he ficha. She let out a bad smell. Extraordinary Gemara. Umra. Now what happened, I'm, I'm going to tell you what happened between the lines. He pulled away. He got disgusted with her. And he wants to take his money back. Because all of a sudden, that pleasurable moment, which is just a fantasy, the alma, which means nothing, doesn't have any substance whatsoever. Suddenly, the lights went on. The moment stopped, the excitement disappeared, and in its place, he has contempt for her. She's a bad, smelly woman. Amram, she got angry at him, and she told him something that I don't remember that she, I mean, I don't recall any Makar anywhere, not even in the many secular books that I read, that they have a story like this, that a Zaina should bring a person to Chuba like that. Amra, she said, Keshem this hafacha, this smell, I can't, re- I can't repeat the moment. I can't bring you back to that moment where you were so excited and so full of, 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 of taiva. Keshem shehafichazu an interesting zayin, but it's a paladic gemara. You know the rest of the story. He he went and he asked the mountains to, to help him do tshuva, and he went to the rivers and he went to the, to the sun and to the moon and said they were busy with our own. We have our own problems, and and uh, you know you know it's a fascinating gemara, which we could speak about for hours. Omar ein hadover tolu 
I see that the only one that can do tshuva, no one can help me, no one can do anything for me. He's so overwhelmed with this hero tshuva that he has to do tshuva. He has to come back to the rabbinishlam. He has to, he has, he has to, 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 to just to refinance his existence. He has to just simply, he doesn't know what to do with himself. His tshuva was so profound that his neshama departed from him. He, he basically, his heart slid into it. That regret seized him so. That wasted life, that moment of total and absolute clarity that that hafacha did for him. That his tshuva was strong enough to make him die. Very famous line. Rebbe cried when he heard this story. There are those who acquire their chilek and oilam over many years. There are those who acquire their oilam in one moment. In that moment of and the Amar Rebbe like Dayun Labali Tushuba Shemakablin Oisam Ela Shakoyrin Oisam Rabbi because they're more derech for other Balachuf. You hear the story, it makes a Roshan. No, if you'll take a poll of all the Mephoshim or Svarim that speak about the story, and there are many, and they say many different and very wonderful things. I had one point the temerity to suggest my own shot, which is radically different. And then I felt very guilty, so I went to look for Svarim, Baruch Hashem, I found at least one Sefer that says the same thing. So I felt a little bit better, you know. Climbing out on a limb is very nice, but when you start to look around and see how far you are from the floor, how precarious the position it is, why did Rabbi cry? Why do you cry? See what a person can accomplish even in one minute. So how precious are those moments? I think Rabbi cried for the wasted life. That's what I'm thinking. I think that Rabbi, when he said, he was touching up this neshama, the kaifus of that neshama. What are the kaifus of a neshama? The, the, the lady he ficha, good. So this moment fell away. The lights went on. It's not the same moment anymore. There's no excitement. There's no enthusiasm. There's no, there's no drive. Nothing. Okay, so there'll be another Zainer tomorrow. That's what most people would think. And all of a sudden, so because she said something, we don't even know for sure that she said it. It could be that was in his imagination. You know, the Gemara, you know, every time the Gemara says something, you never know exactly how to touch it up. Seems odd that a Zayda should be able to say such profound thoughts, and especially about Shuba. That here of Shuba, and the fact that he did a Shuba which 
exploded his very heart is a sign of an extraordinary neshama. What did he do with that neshama all life long? He stole from the Ribbonishlo that neshama. Now, I want to make something very clear. His chelik and oilam phenomenal. A person does tshuva, a real tshuva. Zedoinos nasen like zechuyas. The makom shebali tshuva oimdim. Bali tshuva doesn't mean people who were not from and they became from. Bali tshuva means people who did tshuva on averus because they were from and they did averus. That's the that's the classical bali We borrowed the term and we, we reinvented it. Of course, those people are also bali tshuva, but that's not what the mean the main meaning of the word is. But makom shebali tshuva oimdim means a person changed, who really really changed. Who took something that was hard for him? He didn't daven the kavana. He was not matbid on bugs. <laughs> so big bug, a little bug, a little bug. And I never mind. It. So it's a whole sense of what's an avera and the chaymer avera. He didn't have it. That person wasn't shaymen the in his youth because he was just whatever. And now all of a sudden he realized, and he did tshuva. Zdoinus nasholik kezuchuyos, and he has massive schar in No doubt about it. No one ever suggested that a person who got into a tremendous fight with his wife over nothing, and he was cursing her and she was cursing him, and they got into the courts, which was awesome, and they got involved in all kinds of arguments over money, which was useless and stupid, and most of the money went to the lawyers. And they made a churban of their children. This one has a trauma, and the other one is a drug addict, and the other one is failing in school. And then they did tshuva. The drug addict is no longer a drug addict. The trauma is no longer there. Suddenly the person is perfectly fine, perfectly normal. The lawyers are going to give back the money. You can't change reality. You can't bring back something after it happens. Doesn't matter how much tshuva you did. Nobody knows what that even means. It's gewaldic. And the fact that the person's still alive and that the Kodesh Prochu didn't say like in, in nature, person eats poison, he dies. No matter how much he regrets it. No matter how much he promises he'll never eat poison again. So truth is an incredible thing. But truth does not change the past for anybody around him. The collateral damage remains collateral damage. Now take this fellow. Where are his Svarim. Where is his, where are his Talmidim? Where are the family that he should have built? Doris Yesharim Mevayrochim, as they say. Where is all of that? It isn't. Now, I don't know how old he was. Maybe if he didn't die, he could start all over again. It still would be very little and very late. Bacha Rebbe Bahamar Yesh Achas. That's a tragedy. That's a disaster. And I believe that you could extrapolate from that on so many levels. That people now, they're so busy with their cell phones. And I'm not going to talk about the cell phone because we hear about it from everybody. And it doesn't change anything anyhow. And everybody's looking this up and that up. He has to, doesn't have to. His stocks and his sports and, and, and what's going on with BB. And 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 and, and, and uh, 
some of it has some value and some of it actually very little, but anyhow, some of it has some value and, and okay. So the person's not learning at that time, the person, what about your children or grandchildren? Where are they? I, I, I watch people, I once saw something that really seared itself into my mind, even though it's a very simple, simple vignette. There were two, two husband and wife were talking to each other on the phone because he was on uh, Ocean Parkway and she was on Ocean Avenue and they were walking towards each other. When they got to each other, they continued talking on the phone. I've seen parents trailing children behind them, five, six, you know, five, four, three, two, one years old. And they're on the phone completely oblivious, completely oblivious, walking in the street. They don't exist. What do you mean your children don't exist? Where are you? But that moment is never going to come back. But it's not one moment. It's a thousand moments. It's a whole lifestyle. It's a whole different kind of reality that we've been pushed into. And those things have consequences, and the consequences cannot be brought back and undone by regret. Regret can change the person, it can change his personality, it can cleanse his neshama, it, it, can, it can be a pure and wonderful mikvatara for everything that he is at that moment for the future. It's not going to bring the past back or change it one iota. That's Laman Nechdam and that's why in every single one of these viduyim, it's a unique kind of vidu. What the vidu is telling you is sometimes the chait is because you got sometimes it's a habit, sometimes it's this, sometimes it's that. Ultimately, tshuva is one thing. And that, I believe, is what the Vidri of Ne'ila Atanay Sanyad and Atanay Dalpa both say. We say both of them. The Ramam only had Atanay Dalpa. Doesn't matter. They both have Laman Nechdal Ne'oshet Yadeni. Because what that says is appreciate where you are and where you're headed. That's the whole point of Laman Nechdal That everything aside, all of the Averis that I clapped out Chait for, I'm not mentioning them. We already have the Kapot. Ashamnu, the Raman didn't even have Ashamnu. It's not time to say I did this and I did this. It's time to think, and so, and therefore what? And the and therefore what is a tremendous charge for tomorrow, for post-Yom Kippur. was the best way the Chachamim could find to amalgamate every Avera in the book. To take a certain thing, Oishik, and make the person realize that if he doesn't take the future and its ramifications into account today, he's a gossip. The worst kind of gossip. Person cannot wake up after 75, 85 years when his koichas are not the same anymore and his brain is not so, so powerful. And say, so you know what? 
It's a shame I didn't learn Shas. Or you know what? It's a shame that I don't know Tanakh. Or you know what? That it's a shame that I didn't learn with my grandchildren, because that would have been something very special that they would remember forever. And on and on and on. <laughs> Not to mention all of the more serious and heavy-duty things that a person gets into that he cannot bring back. He cannot bring it back. I think sometimes when you hurt somebody, you can ask him a chila, you can give him a chila, and even from the bottom of the side, that something happened there that just can't be revived. That's one hurt. You can't bring everything back. Even with Bakashas Mechila and everything. That's the secret of So just to conclude in the words of the, of the Tfila itself. You want to know, Avada the Pashib Shah means you don't want Hashkos Asylum, you don't want the destruction of the world. This goes back to the idea that the Ramam says that a person should always feel that all the whole world is hanging on one thread. And it's hanging on your thread. And if you do a mitzvah, you can bring yourself and the whole world to the positive side and vice versa. But if somebody wanted to, he could perhaps say, you don't want to destroy your own world. You don't want that the person should destroy his own world. Because every person is an oilam, and the consequences of the person are an oilam. Rebbe Lozav and Durdaya's life could have been an oilam mole, and now it's an oilam choshech. Because all the psukim, and he quotes Pasuk after Pasuk. And to live a life of purpose and value to recapture. And, and, and really understand and appreciate the consequences before they happen and live that life of godless that a Kodesh Boko meant us to live and, and not fall into the trap of a Rebbe and Dudaya in this thing or that thing. Of course, you know, none of us are Rebbe and Dudayas, but in this thing or that thing, we should appreciate the lesson of Bocha Rebbe Vomar, as I suggest we should touch it up. Yesh Kain Allah is a tragedy. We should want that we should every moment of every day at the Eskon said it, the Meheir of your main Just that